Welcome to Cybersecurity Business. I am Kevin Poucher, the COO of KLogix. In our podcast, we interview CISOs and other security leaders to hear their advice about the business of information security. This podcast gives our listeners actionable takeaways to help them increase the effectiveness of their security program. Today, we are joined by Nicole Kinney, who is the Business Information Security Officer at Fifth Third Bank. Nicole joined Fifth Third Bank about five months ago, where she came up from Travelers Insurance as a cybersecurity manager. She's got a long history in both IT and cybersecurity and is here to provide her insights, which she's learned over the course of her career. In this podcast, we will discuss the importance of business information security officers, BSOs, and why organizations should look to have this role on their InfoSec team. And as a disclaimer, these are the views of Nicole Kinney and not Fifth Third Bank. So, Nicole, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. So, I thought we'd start out relatively simply by having you define the role of what a BSO is and then further expand on that in terms of how does one become a BSO and tell your personal story and your journey of how you became a BSO. Sure. So I would say that, you know, a BSO is really a a key connector um, between business and technology and bringing both of those parts together and sometimes acting as a bit of a a mediator almost between the two. So, you know, security might want to do something that is, is really great and makes the organization really secure, but doesn't necessarily think of how that might slow things down from a business or operating standpoint or um, make it harder for our, our business users to engage with our customers. Um, and vice versa, you know, the business might want to do something that's really, really cool and innovative, but it doesn't necessarily consider security and some of the risks. So the BSO's role is to really be a neutral party in a lot of ways between the two and find that right, you know, compromise that manages both the level of technology risk and the business goals and objectives in a way that is acceptable for the specific organization's risk appetite. Mm-hmm. As far as how one becomes a, a BSO, um, you just have to you know, keep an eye, eye on what's out there and apply, apply to the role like anything else, but uh, it helps to really have a broad interdisciplinary background, I think, to be successful in the role. So you know, I practiced in a lot of different areas, started in actually a project management um, capacity when I first got into technology, then was working at you know a management level within information security, focused on email and web gateways, um, and now I'm stepping into the BSO role. So having that um, breadth to really practice across all areas of security with you know depth in in at least a few areas, I think is really important to be successful. So you seeked out the position, correct? Yes. Okay. And it does sound like you have a pretty diverse background. Do most BSOs need to be as technical as a CISO? I would say absolutely. I would say as technical or, you know, maybe even 
more more recently so. hands-on with things than a CISO hmm. might have been. Interesting. Okay. So when you think about BISOs, I mean, I think how long have BISOs been around? You know, that is a good question. I don't know um, exactly when the very first one was pioneered, but I think roles roles like it have been around for, for quite some time. You know, there, there are things like um, local security officers, which I think right. were some mm -hmm. of the beginnings of where the BISO role started to grow out of and, you know, deputy CISOs, you know, in a lot of cases, we're seeing the deputy CISO role be interchangeable with the BISO role. Um, ultimately, I, I really see it as a, a magnifier and an amplifier for the CISO when your organization has a really large footprint and, you know, your CISO can't possibly um, be able to represent everything all the time. So you're kind of the, the right hand um, extension of the CISO to be able to provide that re representation across a larger organization with multiple divisions. Hmm, okay, so that's interesting. So the role itself has probably been around in different forms. I think lately it's just taken the role of an actual specific name called BISO. So since sort of the role is evolving, is it hard for a BISO to define success for themselves? I imagine there may not be a ton of metrics specifically suited for BISO. So like how do BISOs define success for themselves? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, the way I define success for myself is really to um, act as a security evangelist, um, really look to be that trusted partner across my organization when people have have questions, when they need someone to go to for guidance or advice on the most secure way to implement something and whether they're conforming to all of our regulatory requirements and what our organization expects, you know, that they they think of me and that they know they can come to me. So to me, you know, building those relationships and becoming mm -hmm. that trusted partner for guidance and enablement to me is really how I define success in the role. You want your technology teams to want to work with you, to want to come come raise their questions to you rather than see you as someone who's just going to tell them, no, they can't do that and slow down their progress. So speaking of relationships, we talked a little bit of BISO and CISO maybe expand a little bit more on how the BSO role differs from a CISO. And then maybe even more importantly, can a BSO perform their job function without a CISO in place? Or do you think there should always be that CISO in place regardless? Yeah. So I think there absolutely should always be that CISO in place hmm. because as a BSO, that's really who you're taking direction for. Your CISO is setting that unified vision and that unified strategy that they want to see happening from a security standpoint across the organization. And as a BISO, you're really the ambassador of that to take that vision and that strategy and make sure that it's getting done everywhere across the place in the day-to-day -day work, in the day-to-day -day implementations in the technology change that's occurring. So, you know, for that reason, I think you really do need that single centralized CISO 
to set that strategy and set that vision, and then the team of BISOs to really support and help carry that out across the enterprise. I do think, however, if you're looking to eventually grow into a CISO role yourself or some other form of executive IT leadership, the BISO position is really an excellent way to grow into that. And that's part of what's drawn me to the role. So as a stepping stone, your next career move could be a CISO. It could be, and it, it opens you up to a lot of other possibilities as well. You know, some people might be scared away from the fact that there really is not a clearly defined um, path mm-hmm. from BISO, mm-hmm. and others right. like myself might really run to that and find it attractive like I did, where you can pivot into, you know, something that really catches your attention in a different part of the organization that you've you know been exposed right. to through the role or try to continue to grow and develop into a more senior leadership position within IT or information security. Right. Well, I can see how how that could come into play since you really do have your hands in a lot of different parts of the organization. You know, you used words like ambassador and evangelist. And I think that really does describe what you do. So sort of in those in that ambassador role, in that evangelist role, what, what teams do you find yourself working with on a regular basis more so than others? Sure. So regularly working um, across the CIO leadership team. So mm-hmm. I think in a lot of ways, that's another um relationship that really needs to be developed, not only your relationship with the CISO, but also across um, all of the CIO leadership to continue to be that trusted advisor um, to them, as well as all of the different um, technology leads across the organization. And, you know, some of those relationships and who you work with day to day will really flex depending on what's going on in, in your company. Um, and I think that's another big part of the BISO role is being being willing to be really flexible and really adaptable to serve whatever the greatest need in your organization is at the time it's present. So, you know, right now my organization is going through a really large technology modernization effort. So I'm going to be plugging in to that, you know, a lot more over the coming uh, months to to years to make sure that that key um, investment, key project for our our company is being Mm -hmm. well supported by my role. So in the role, every role faces its challenges. What are some challenges that you or challenges you've heard that other BISOs have faced in this role? So I think some of the biggest challenges are managing change. You know, a change is is sometimes difficult, and you know maybe that's sort of unique to to some of what I'm I'm doing right now, and the fact that our company is is going through a lot of technology change. Um, but I, I find that to always be something that poses certain challenges. You know, you're you're learning as you're changing. So with that, there are always those you know, roadblocks or stepping stones and, and lessons learned that come with any type of change and mm-hmm. growth. So I'd say for me, that's a big one. And then, you know, with that, trying to get people um, 
on board with the change, you know, making sure that they're really understanding why we're doing this, why it's important, and trying to get that buy-in across your organization. In terms of skill sets, we talked a little bit about your background, but if you were to mentor somebody that was a little earlier on in their career, what advice would you give them in terms of career trajectory and skill sets that would allow them to become a BSO sooner rather than later? Great question. And I think it's really a combination of um, having a really balanced skill set. You get a lot of people that are really, really strong on maybe the soft side, skill side, um, really great at building relationships, really great at, you know, inspiring and influencing others, really great at organizing and strategizing. You know, those components are all really important in the role. Plus, you really need to balance that with the uh, hard skill set and the depth of knowledge within cybersecurity and within risk management and really staying current there to understand how the threat landscape is changing over time, what the new and emerging threats are, what, you know, the the old faithful threats are like, you know, the phishing emails that, that never end and just make mm-hmm. sure that you're keeping a really... Um, good pulse on on the hard skill side of things as well as as the soft skills and really bringing those two things together um, to serve in this role. So I know keeping your finger on the pulse uh, over the last few years from a CISO perspective has involved doing a lot of networking with your peers, right? I think CISO groups and CISO peer groups have become really popular over the last few years where 10 years ago, I don't think they were as prominent. And I think it's really benefited the industry. So as a BSO, who do you go to as a peer or are you in the same sort of peer groups as the CISO groups that I mentioned? Yeah, I think that's a huge part of the role is being able to not not only network within your organization, but outside of your organization and across the industry. So very much so involved in a lot of the same kind of forums that our CISOs might attend, different financial services, knowledge sharing groups, um, attending conferences regularly. You know, not only do you get the content of those conferences where you learn about the newest you know, security technologies that are coming out and um, the different risks that they're seeing, but you also get the connection and the networking in those conferences, which to me is the most valuable part, being able to just strike up a conversation with, you know, somebody else in either the same or a totally different industry and discuss, you know, what are you seeing? What are you dealing with? Are our challenges the same or are they different? And how are you solving them? And I'm really thrilled to see the kind of collaboration that is starting to emerge within information security. And I think that's really key to success. You know, I think we can all come together from whatever different industry or background to try to have a secure posture against these different threat actors and share and collaborate where we can all be stronger from a security standpoint without, you know, costing any sort of competitive advantage or, you know, internal information. I think there's a lot of great opportunity for sharing and collaboration and it's 
really important that that's starting to happen across the uh, practice because mm-hmm. the threat actors, you know, they've been doing that for quite some time now. They, you know, sell kits for how you can, um, you know, fish people. They, you know, operate as organized uh, entities in a lot of cases. So I think the more, you know, the other side, the, the good guys can, you know, come together and, and share and collaborate on our end, the better. Yeah, that's well said. And I think speaking of these um, conferences and sessions that you attend, I, I would think moving forward, more of them, or at least part of the agenda will specifically be geared to people like yourself that are BSOs. And so, you know, when you typically, you know, I like to end the podcast with your crystal ball in the world of information security. But since I think at least the term BSO was a relatively newer term, you know, I'd love to know uh, how you view the future unfolding with BSOs. Are they going to become more prominent? Is this an up and coming role? Like, do you see every company at some point having a BSO? Like, give us your take. Yeah, I fully expect it to continue to be a prominent and growing role for, you know, a number of reasons. I think, you know, companies as they grow and mature and expand, there gets to be um, the need for just the the coverage across an organization. And I think the BSO role allows that kind of security coverage to happen across an enterprise. Um, I think that, you know, we'll also see it continue to grow because of the value that it brings, um, both to the people filling the roles and to the organization, where it really gives you, as as a BSO, new challenges, new ways to grow, really diverse experiences that you can then kind of pivot off of to figure out that next move. And it also creates a really great um, talent pipeline within your organization for more senior um, technology leadership. And, um, you know, with with the recruiting uh, efforts we've seen and the the labor markets the way they are, I think everyone can value the importance of developing that kind of talent from within an organization. Well, I think we're about out of time, but I want to say, Nicole, this has been really educational for me learning more about a BSO and, and everything that surrounds them. And I'm sure it'll be the same for our listeners. I know our industry and the roles, they are constantly changing and constantly shifting. So it's always awesome to hear from someone like yourself, who's been really part of that shift in a lot of these evolving new roles. So, you know, thank you so much for joining us today. Great. Thank you so much for having me. So if anybody has further questions, you can reach out to us at info at kologicsecurity.com or directly on our LinkedIn page. And as always, you can hear more about this or any of our podcasts at kologicsecurity.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again, Nicole. Thank you. Thank you.